Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins, the program where we anticipate an experience with the Lord on each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening today, and my prayer is that you will be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen. The primary purpose for this program is to be a source of inspirational truth that will not only awaken a deeper hunger within you for more of God, but also a source of encouragement when it comes to maintaining a deep passion for the Lord. Leviticus 6.12 says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. This Old Testament verse spoke into the sacrificial burnt offering practices of the temple, and it reflects the fact that we as the bride of Christ are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and to maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello, and welcome to Maintain the Flame this week, as well as to the first week of January 2023. Man, it's amazing how fast last year went by. It seems like I was just beginning 2022, and all of a sudden here we are in 2023. And I rejoice in all that we saw the Lord do. Last week I took some time on our final program of the year of 2022 and really shared about all that the Lord had allowed us to do over the, over the last 12 months, as well as some of the things that we're really excited about and praying about as we enter into 2023. And again, we have many people that we are connected with. We have people that pray for us. We have people that support us financially each month or maybe a few times a year. And really, you know, you're the backbone of what we do and who we are. And without your support, without your love, without your prayers, um, we know that we could not do what we're doing. And it's amazing in the kingdom of God how the Lord will establish his work in the heart of someone or in the heart of a group of people. And oftentimes they, they launch out in faith. And I know I've done that myself, whether it be planting churches or pastoring churches or you know, teaching at schools or starting schools in different parts of the world or launching our network of um, leaders, apostolic leaders a few years ago. We, we start with a vision because God puts it in our hearts. And then all of a sudden, God supernaturally connects you to people that really join hands with you and join hearts with you. And then we see the kingdom of God moving forth and moving forward. So, you know, I oftentimes tell people that I'm really just a part of what God is doing and he's allowed me to have uh, maybe a page out of the chapter maybe not even a page maybe a paragraph out of the chapter or even a sentence out of the chapter of his eternal plan and I'm just so honored and humbled to be a part of what he's doing and again thank you to all of you that stand with us and as we enter this new year you know we want to invite you to continue to pray for us if you can support us financially, you can go to keith-collins.org or impact, the word impact, the letter G, letter F, impactgf.org, and um, there's giving and donate buttons on those places. You can give securely, and again, we just so appreciate your willingness to even contemplate or consider being a part of what we're doing. This this week, I, I wanted to do something that I think is important. Over the last few days, last really week or so, as I have been praying, um, 
the Lord just keeps bringing a word to my heart, and I, I begin to pray into what this word means and why I kept getting it. But in my time with the Lord, in my devotion time, the Lord just kept speaking into my spirit the word counteraction. And I actually wrote a, um, a post about this and sent this out even in a newsletter to our Apostolic Network, Impact Global Fellowship, this past week. But I felt it was important for me to do our first podcast of the year, our first Maintain the Flame podcast, really focusing on what I believe the Lord is speaking to me about 2023. Now, I want to say this. I'm, I'm not the kind of guy that gets a word every year for every year, a, a, a word from the Lord for every year, excuse me, and shares that with the body of Christ. There are times that has happened, and sometimes even throughout the year, the Lord will show me something or speak to my heart. Oftentimes, I'll, I'll carry that message or that theme in the different places. I, I share the word because I believe it's a word from God. But but this year, I do believe that the Lord gave me a word, and um, I want to take some time today and just kind of open that up to you and share my heart regarding the word and the theme counter action so this is what again i believe the lord has spoken to me and i begin to pray you know what is my responsibility with what god showed is showing me personally as well as as a leader as an elder in the body of christ i know that i have a responsibility before the lord as well as before the body of christ the church of the lord jesus christ to to be accountable and to be responsible for what the Lord speaks to me and shows me. So as a result, I do want to spend some time today and kind of unpack what the Lord has spoken to my heart. So when I got this word, the first thing I did was went to the dictionary and actually went to several different sources because, you know, of course, we know Merriam-Webster, but there's other sources that give definitions. And, and here's some definitions of the word counteraction that I found. Um, action intended to nullify the effects of some previous action, to act in opposition to, to frustrate by contrary action, to oppose and to mitigate the effects of by contrary action. In other words, it's a direct reversal of what has happened to you or maybe a situation or circumstance has transpired, could be from demonic forces, could be from from negative influences, whatever the case may be. But but in other words, it, it has to do with turning the table, so to speak, on what something on something that's happened that usually has a negative connotation connected to it. So oftentimes it's it's a a plan of the enemy, it's a plan of 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 demons or Satan and to counteract his action or those actions is to literally have another attack plan that mitigates or I can use the word neutralizes what the enemy has tried to do to us or to you. So when the Lord began to speak this to my heart, I, I immediately, um, you know, began to ask the Lord, you know, Lord, what am I supposed to see in this? And how am I supposed to respond to this? And and the Lord began to share, um, you know, several different things. And as a result, again, I, I wrote these out. But I want to just take some time today and and look at some of these. And before I, I begin to share the, these six points, um, let me say this. You know, every great military leader, whether it be a general or an admiral or a colonel, whatever, but, you know, those that are basically in charge of battalions of, of men or women or, or those that are char in charge of, of military forces, um, military 
you know, outfits, they understand that oftentimes they lead their soldiers into danger. That's that's part of the the nature of war. However, great leaders, great military minds, oftentimes and really every time, I believe, um, attempt to establish a plan of attack that will thwart the enemy's attack and eventually through tactical wisdom, bring about ultimate triumph for their military or for their forces. So I believe that we stand in a generation now to where it it seems as if many leaders have been able just to kind of do things and hope that it works and hope that there's merit and meaning within what they're doing. So with the, as a result, we've come up with a lot of programs, a lot of church planting strategies, a lot of church growth strategies, a lot of um, you know things that we do within even the church, even the local church, to, to train, to equip. And some of that's fantastic. Don't misunderstand me this week. However, I, I do believe that we find ourselves in a different generation. I don't know if you've noticed, but there has been such an escalation of perversion even attack on our children, our young people, whether it be within the school systems, through the media of entertainment, um, whatever. I mean, we are we are in the midst of a great battle, and it's a cultural battle. It's a spiritual battle. It, it has to do with an antichrist, secular, humanistic spirit that is out to destroy everything that is godly, everything that that's moral, everything that is um, good and just, and we, we find ourselves in a great battle. And let me tell you something, doing church and having good services and good programs will not turn the tide. There has to be an apostolic and a strategic counteraction or counterattack that thwarts the work of the enemy in order for us to rescue some in this generation and to see the church come alive and awaken to the calling that's upon her life. So, so listen, These following important points, I believe, need to be considered with a great level of sobriety, again, as our culture continues to degenerate into gross darkness, and on many fronts, the church is having little to no eternal impact in this generation. Friend, this, this has to change in 2023. We must believe, I believe, for supernatural intervention in our lives, in our families, in our communities, in our ministries, in our businesses. And in in the area of supernatural provision for the call of God upon our lives and our relationships, even in our ability to take authority over demonic powers and principalities. So that's where we're at. So let me let me share um, six things that I believe the Lord spoke to my heart regarding the, the word or the theme of counteraction and how this applies to you and I as believers and followers of Jesus. Number one. There is a difference between action and counteraction. Now, now, when the, when I first heard that in my spirit, I didn't really completely understand it, but I began to pray over this, and, and here's what I believe the Lord showed me. Many Christians are inspired to action, whether that be the pro-life movement, whether that be you know, standing for um, traditional marriage, and, and we need to do all that, and we need to be very active in those areas as well as many more. But oftentimes, we are prone to action. But there is a difference between action and counteraction. You see, 
Um, we can be inspired to act or to do something, but few counteract the enemy's ploys through spiritual weapons of warfare that very deliberately sabotage the intentions and the plans of demonic forces. And if you listen to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4, the Apostle Paul says this, For the weapons of our warfare are not, are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Then he says in Ephesians 6 and 12, We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So here, Paul is giving a very detailed description in both these scriptures, both these verses, that reveal that God has given us the ability to counteract the works of the enemy. So in this season, we must counter what the enemy has done and is doing through, number one, a holy and a pure lifestyle, coupled with warfare, praying, with fasting, speaking God's word, with authority, divine love, etc., etc. There's many things I, I could point out here, but listen, the difference between acting and counteracting is acting is responding to a, a need because we see a problem. But counteracting is having supernatural insight through prayer, through intimacy with the Lord, through a lifestyle of purity, righteousness, and holiness, that we are able to take the attack to the enemy in a specific way that deliberately counters what he is doing in our lives, in our families, in our generation, in our community, in our nation. So we must be a people that understand that by the Holy Spirit, we have power and authority and divine revelation how to counteract the attack of the enemy. In other words, like a general prepares for battle, they understand where they need to position their, their, their men. They understand where they need to position their weapons of warfare. They understand when certain groups need to come and, and when they need to retreat and when others need to come back and when there needs to be a ground attack, an air attack. I mean, they understand all these things. And, and I believe that's a picture of what it means to be led by the Spirit of God, to be a people of counteraction. Number two, I'm going to try to hurry here. But number two, we must also become proactive and not just reactive in the spirit realm. Many people react to situations, to circumstances, to attacks, to battles, and they're, they're very reactive. And, and understand that and sometimes that's fine. But listen, we cannot just simply respond like a doctor responds to someone that's experience a traumatic situation. In other words, when someone comes to the emergency room and maybe they've been in a car accident and maybe there's internal injuries or maybe a brain injury, they respond or they react to the situation. But we cannot just simply act like a doctor acts when there's a trauma. We must know the enemy's tactics beforehand and become proactive in our approach to daily life as well as ministry. Therefore, we pray without ceasing. We refuse to be drunk on the spirit of this present age or this world that we live in. We, we also live in such a way that the Holy Spirit is more than just 
someone we feel or something we feel when we come together in a corporate meeting and maybe we have an experience with God. But listen, the Holy Spirit becomes our GPS. He's our source of wisdom and and understanding and power and boldness and and holiness. And, and we live in such a way that we are proactive. We know the enemy's devices, like Paul said. We understand what the enemy is doing in our midst. And therefore, we are proactively living a life in such a way that it thwarts through counteraction the work of the enemy. We're not just a people that react because there's a trauma or there's a bad situation, but we are prepared because we know what the enemy's doing by the Spirit, and we therefore very strategically live in such a way that we are countering the attacks of the enemy. Listen to Paul in Romans eight fourteen. He said, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. He provides a picture here of what it means to be a people that know the Holy Spirit, that that know the Father, that know the heart of Jesus Christ, and they live in such a way that they are able by the Spirit, by divine understanding and revelation, they live in such a way that they counter the attack of the enemy. I'm reminded of the um, the the book Reese Howe's Intercessor, written by Norman Grubb. If you don't have that book or have never read it, I encourage you to do so. But you know, Reese Howes was actively involved in prayer during World War II. And um, you can read that book and you can see how the Lord led this man, this man of prayer and intercession, and used him strategically in the midst of World War II. In other words, they would get a prayer burden from the Lord and they would pray that prayer through until the Lord's word or will was accomplished, excuse me. And, you know, I've known people in my life, especially when I first got saved in 1985, people that knew how to pray through. They they were led by the Spirit of God in prayer. They saw things in the spirit realm that they never saw in the natural realm, but they were led by the Spirit of God, and as a result, they lived a proactive life and not a reactive life. So that's number two. Number three, I believe in this generation, the gifts of discernment and wisdom must become normal and very active in the lives of many believers. Now we know that, you know, there's nine gifts of the Spirit that Paul talks about. Um, One of them is the word of wisdom. One of them is the gifts of discerning of spirits, so wisdom and discernment. And I believe that um, that these are so important. And why is that? We need to know, as the sons of Issachar in David's generation knew, those 200 men, we need to know the, the, sign, the seasons and the signs and the things that are going on in our generation. We must be aware of the time that we live in. So therefore, we need discernment. And we need wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the heart and the mind of God being lived out in a way that it impacts a generation. It impacts the church. It impacts the world around us. We need wisdom and we need discernment. We don't just need to try something new and hope it works. That's what a lot of leaders do. That's what a lot of churches do. They they try something new and they try to adapt even to the spirit of the world so that they can win the world whenever they don't realize they, they've lost their 
compass. They've lost their GPS. They've lost their ability to be active and to be proactive in the generation that they live in. And therefore, their results are minimal and oftentimes nominal, and they have no real eternal impact on the generation that they live in. So we need to pray. And I believe, you know, Paul said to desire spiritual gifts. And again, a lot of people want to prophesy, a lot of people want to speak in tongues and interpret, a lot of people want the gifts of he- the gift of healing, the gift of miracles. All these are, are amazing, and we need all of them very active in the church. But I believe the Lord spoke to my heart that we need the gift of discernment and the gift of wisdom. Why? Because they bring strategy. They bring understanding. They bring apostolic and prophetic blueprints to a generation, and they reveal the heart of God in the midst of the hour that we live in. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 10, 16, he said, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. You see, there is a godly wisdom connected to divine understanding that, 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 that I believe many are lacking in the church today. As a result, we are in great need of those who are very loving, gentle, meek, We need all that. We need to be meek as a dove. However, at the same time, we must possess a keen wisdom and discernment from the Holy Spirit that allows us to live and minister and and effectively accomplish the purposes of Jesus with a type of love that never embraces compromise and we never lose sight of our role as the people of God and we never allow the enemy to change love from what it really is and in essence lose our prophetic edge and our prophetic voice in our generation so we need wisdom we need discernment number number four we must not allow the enemy or our challenging circumstances to frustrate us to the point of exhaustion i want to tell you that there are many people that have burned out They have thrown the towel in on ministry, even on Christianity, and a lot of it's because they've become frustrated. And I've got many thoughts on this that I don't have time here to go into that. Maybe in a future episode, I'll I'll do a whole um, podcast or a whole show on this. But listen, many within the church and those in ministry are fighting exhaustion, hopelessness, anxiety, depression, poverty, even spiritual poverty. And um, as a result, um, they've 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 given up. They've they've thrown the towel. And now I believe that the plan of the enemy is always to take our eyes off the beauty and the holiness of Jesus, as well as the reality, the glory and even the horror, the bloody cross of Calvary. And in turn, we implode by virtue of living for the Lord through human strength or through personal kingdom building or for pride and all these things. But listen, my friend, our lasting joy only comes, only comes through a stewarded, a well-stewarded life of devotion unto Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Master, and our King. Listen to what Paul said in Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, I'm going to make a statement here. Friend, you can live without becoming exhausted. I don't mean you're never tired, especially in the natural. I mean, I I get tired through travel, through writing, through, you know, long nights of, of seeking the Lord. But my spirit man is alive because 
I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. It doesn't mean I don't battle. We all do. But there is a place of eternal rest and eternal refuge and eternal solace and respite that the Lord provides those who are intimately stewarding their relationship with him. Friend, do not allow the enemy to frustrate you unto exhaustion. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice. We will be glad in it. We will be more than conquerors. We will have victory. It doesn't matter what circumstances look like. We don't live for circumstances. We live for eternity. This world is not our home. We are pilgrims passing through an increment of time and even in the midst of the challenges in this increment of time that we have on this earth there is grace and there is power and there is authority so that's important number five a couple more and i'm trying to finish um Number five, apostolic strategies must take the place of good ideas, good programs, and man-made remedies and only provide band-aids while neglecting root problems that fester and spread infection and spiritual disease to many. Friend, we need apostolic strategies. We, we must strategically advance God's purposes into the nations of the earth. This does not just happen by happenstance or by chance. And therefore, we must be a people connected to apostolic foundations that provide biblical moorings that are unmovable, immovable, even when the forceful winds of challenge and tribulation and persecution come against us and our present lives are, are so tumultuous. As with Paul, we must be a people also of Macedonian type callings and directions. We can read um, Acts 16, I believe it's verses 6 or 6 through 10 or 11 there, but anyway, Paul reveals where in a dream a man from Macedonia called him. It was a strategy. He was going one way, but because of his walk with God, the Holy Spirit pulled him to another way. We need apostolic wisdom. We need people to have keen insight. We need apostles in this generation. What what do apostles do? They don't demand loyalty and all this crazy stuff that we see in so many that are calling themselves apostles, but apostles provide strategy. They provide wisdom. They provide resources to fulfill the purposes of God through the church in the generation that we live in. We need apostolic strategies, friend. Um, it's not about good ideas. It's not about good programs. It's not about the next new thing coming down the Christian pike that we can all jump on the bandwagon with and hope it works. For that is not God. God is faithful to his kingdom purposes in every generation, but we've got to be faithful to God. And as such, we receive apostolic strategies to accomplish the purposes of God in our generation. And the last one is this. I believe the book of Acts must continue in this generation. There's no amen. There's no ending to the book of Acts. Um, listen, we must do more than just embrace the history that we have through the Acts of the Apostles, as well as through revival throughout church history. Thank God for that. We thank God for our heritage and for the truths that continue to be our guiding compass in this hour. However, somebody in some group must refuse to live beneath all that God has promised us as his people. This does not mean that, that we won't have persecution and challenges. I believe maybe we'll even have more. But it does mean that we must become a people with an eternal paradigm. 
And as those who we read about in the book of Acts and throughout church histories, our lives must become fuel for the will of God in our generation. I love the words of Amy Carmichael, the great missionary to India many years ago. She said, make me thy fuel, flame of God. And friend, that, that's my heart for this generation. You see, this, this place is a place of true joy joy unspeakable and full of glory that far surpasses the fleeting delicacies that this temporal world can offer or that can provide. So, uh, listen, I, I don't know where you are at in your walk with God today, but I'm telling you, friend, there's a deeper place. I believe we've got to entrench into this generation that we live in. What I mean by that, we got to dig deep to reach this generation. we got to dig deep in our walk with God to to reach a sleepy church that has lost her fire and lost her passion. And I believe we must become a people of counteraction, a people that refuse to lay down and die, a people that refuse to be quiet. Let me pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, awaken our hearts to these truths today. Burn within us a passion to make a difference in our generation. Father, may we be a people with apostolic understanding, prophetic voices that will speak into the dead places and bring them to life. Awaken your heart within your people. And Father, use us for your glory as never before. Thank you for being faithful to your purposes in the hour that we live in. And Lord, we yield to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, friend, thanks for listening today, and thanks for listening to Maintain the Flame. Visit us, keith-collins.org, impactgf.org. Also, want to encourage you, if you've not done so, to go purchase my new book. It's entitled First Love Fire, Living a Life of Sustained Surrender. It is on Amazon. Just look up First Love Fire, comma, Keith Collins, and you'll find it. Listen, we pray that the purposes of the Lord just continue to be real in your lives, even in this new year. And we look forward to being back with you again next week and all the weeks to follow in 2023. It's going to be an amazing year. And I believe that God is going to speak to us deeply throughout the weeks, the months, and throughout the years to come. We love you. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins today. I trust that you've been blessed and encouraged as you've listened. And if you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then let me encourage you to listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at keith-collins.org or impactgf.org. May the fire of God burn brighter and hotter in your life. God bless you.